Welcome to another episode of Trucking After Hours. It's the week of February 10th, 2000 plus 20. And I found us some music. I can hear it. And I like it. What do you think? Yeah, it's not bad. Okay, Chris, give me a quick ABC. ABC. Give me another one. ABC. Okay, I hope that mic worked. If somebody is not hearing us, who's there? Ryan, give us a uh, give us a thumbs up if you're hearing us. Yeah. Okay. So we are good and we are live, and it is trucking after hours. We have so much stuff tonight; it is unreal. We do. We have some some cool stuff. I'm not gonna lie. What, what do we got? OOIDA tells it like it is. We've got uh, some interesting spot market news for 2020. Snap on tools in the news, a stupid crook. Um, how safe are these safer cars? The strangest place to find a hundred thousand dollar Camaro. Uh, interesting this week in beer. And is that really a beer or is it a different adult beverage? Different adult beverage. Yeah, it, definitely. It, it's going anyway. <laughs> a with delicious this one. Beer. Yes. <laughs> uh, a really bad ad that I will have to be very careful with because I do not want to mark this show as explicit contact. Uh, we're going to try and get back to. Explicit um, content. Explicit. Yeah, that too. Bad okay. words. And we're going to try and get to a what did you learn? And I got a bunch of feedback. So uh, All right. where do we want to start? Do we want to do the feedback first and get it out of the way? Uh, first, the shiny object. Okay. Uh, John Andretti. We all know John Andretti died last week. Right. Yeah. Did Did you see the uh, his, his final lap at Indy? Did not. They actually... Took his hearse uh, around the track one last time. That's cool. That's awesome. I thought that was that was really really neat. How old was he? Oh, he wasn't that old. Um, let's see if I can find that here. We had a lot of a lot of famous people die last week. Kirk Douglas. Yeah, uh, but he was like dead yeah, he was a hundred and something so. and almost dead, but um, <laughs> still he passed. There was one other big name I can't remember a Hollywood name, and then of course John Andretti. Oh, Robert Conrad. Robert Conrad. Yeah, there's a... Yes. So, yeah, yeah, sad day for, for several, but uh, some names passed that won't be replaced. I wonder how fast they drove the hearse. <laughs> yeah, two, 200 <laughs> not miles. not as fast as him. 200 uh, miles was, an hour. He was 56. Wow, that's too young. 200 miles an hour, and his body is shoved very hard to the right side of that castle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to know how a hearse handles on a, on a bank track. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, you know, shiny object number two years ago in my, uh, the dream of when I, uh, you know, advance in life, I want to own a service station with you, you maybe a couple of fuel islands, maybe three, yep. three stalls, do lights, brakes, uh, tune ups, you know, some minor engine work, nothing big, but that, that was my dream own a service station, a, a car yeah. service center. And, oh, of course, those dreams are gone because now when you own a service station, you sell cigarettes and lottery tickets. Yeah. And uh, I, I, we saw that writing on the wall. But uh, back in the day, we did do the service for the funeral homes in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And when they would bring in their coaches or their hearses, there's a marble slab on the bottom of that floor where the casket rolls in. Yep. We could take our one-ton dually tow trucks and when it was time to change the oil you could get the front and you could lift the whole truck up and these were the old hoists that came out of the floor with the center post okay but you could lift the front end up to change the oil you could lift the rear end up to change the tires you could not get the rear tires not the whole car just the rear tires of that hearse off the ground really that that hearse weighed more than our tow trucks by far. <laughs> you, you sure this wasn't Milwaukee, Oregon? This was Milwaukee, Oregon. You said Wisconsin. You said well, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, Freudian I'm thinking, slip man, number that's two. a drive to yes. service a hearse. No. <laughs> Milwaukee, Oregon. I've been here too long. What can I say? <laughs> Enough of that. Let's jump into it. OOIDA. That was a really uh, interesting piece. I got to open my show notes here. Alarm. That was. That came out of Landline. Yes, it did. And I, I was proud of... This was somebody who... I, I love the comments, but I'm trying to get right who actually said this. This was Executive Vice President Louis Pugh, P-U-G-H. Don't want to mess up his Pugh. name. In front Louis. of, we're just going to call him Louis. We'll Smart call him Louis. Louis. I like it. In front of the uh, U.S. Senate Transportation and Safety Subcommittee, 
talking about the current state of the trucking industry. And there's actually some uh, recorded, I'll put a link on the, actually right there on the show notes where you're watching this on your phone. I'm just going to read this uh, verbatim, a couple of paragraphs here. From the perspective of small businesses, motor carriers, and professional drivers, the state of the trucking industry is dysfunctional. This is because too many people who know virtually nothing about trucking have an oversized role in shaping trucking policy. Drivers feel the negative effects of this firsthand, myself included. He goes on to say, the hours of service rules are broken. There are hundreds of regulations that have nothing to do with highway safety. The lack of available truck parking is a national crisis. Enforcement is often motivated by profit. And drivers work extremely long hours with notoriously low pay. Washington has allowed trucking policy to be overly influenced by executives looking to maximize profits, activists who'd like to regulate truckers into oblivion, state and local governments who view truckers as rolling piggy banks, and self-proclaimed experts who don't even know what the inside of a truck looks like. <laughs> and that wasn't all. He went on, but talk about somebody who's standing up for, uh, I have owned in my 20-something year career in trucking, one truck. Hotshot. Owner-operator for one year in the 20. But how long have we been members of OIDA? I'm, I know it's over 15 years. Oh, yeah. I have no problem paying those dues every year. Not a, no. I, We don't bat an eye at it. We well, we also found, there. I know this is like advertisement for them, but we, you have good health or life insurance through I, them. I do. And you know what? When you're a 59-year-old diabetic, it's a little harder to find life insurance. And I have term life insurance through them. And we pay it every month, and I'm glad to have it. And oh, yeah. it, when I have shopped it, I've not been able to beat it. So uh, And you get to get Landlines. Yeah. Landlines is a great magazine. It, it is. is. It really is. And if, if if nothing else, what is it, Roses and Raspberries? Yes. That's yep. my favorite section. <laughs> that cover is always worth it. So a free plug to OOIDA, and you can check them out. You do get a discount on your membership if you join at an event where their booth is. Uh, they've lowered that discount a little bit, but yeah, I think it's still 10 bucks off. So that's a heck of a deal. Yeah, it is. It, it's worth it. Spot market. You know, 2018 was a banner year. Oh, by the way, I have these on the board in the order. We're going to do them, and they're a little bit messed up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time since the transition that it's like we're back in the saddle. I'm yeah. not going to put this one on the trucking podcast's feed. It is all trucking after hours. And, you know, guys will either come over or we'll lose a few. And I knew we'd lose a few. And I'm okay yeah. with that. We're going to have some fun. We're going to build up a bigger, better website. And the podcast is going to be our place to have a ball. And that we will do. Spot Market. This is, of all places, out of Yahoo News. Yahoo. C.H. Robinson. Now, how many of us know and hate C.H. Robinson? And what does C and H stand for? Come on, let's see it on Facebook. Who knows what C and H stands for? Could have had a real job. There, oh, <laughs> Somebody will come up with it really quick <laughs> on Facebook. Cheap and heavy. C.H. Robbins' earnings fall 45% on narrowest brokerage margins in a decade. Yeah. Well, we know what happened 2018 was a adjustment year with the new hours of service, a booming economy. They had a whole lot of loads tendered and re the tender rejection rate, loads tendered and not accepted. Yeah. Those were loads brokers booked, said we'll have a truck there, and they could not have a truck there. Capacity was tough to find. Everybody made money. Even the brokers made money, even though they had a higher tender rejection rate. 2019, that all corrected. But you know what? Things are a little tight. It's a different game. This really isn't a sign of, boy, their market is crashing. I think I take this more as a sign of what a boom year everybody had in 2018. Or in, in 2018, yes, including the brokers and how things have shifted. So, yeah, a, a narrowest margin in a decade. So that's pretty much since the last recession. That means more into the truck's pocket. Yeah. I'm all for that. I have no problem with that. Oh, so absolutely. They can just get by on a skinny, skinny margin. Snap on tools. Did you read that story? You know, I, I did. I read that one. And then I, because that was, <clears throat> excuse me, that was just kind of a short little blurb. And I actually did a little more digging and found there is, there is a, a lot of discontentment 
with Snap-on franchisees. See, now, some of that I didn't quite understand. And, and the gist of the article is Snap-on Tools is filing for what? Uh, bankruptcy. They're not liquidating. They're filing for reorganization, no, it's, it's right? Bankruptcy protection. Uh, they did that on January 31st. Uh, publicly have gone on saying we have no plans to close factories, uh, but they are meeting with potential buyers. And it, it was the, the news article was a, a, a paragraph. So I just started doing some digging into you know, why. And it's uh, a, a lot of, I don't want to call it shady stuff on Snap-on's part, but it used to be, and, and you can you can probably attest to this more than me, that used to be, I mean, if, if you could financially swing it to become a franchisee, that was a killer job. Oh, you could make some really good money. There was a waiting list. You had, I, I know a guy who, when he got out of college and he had to be able to even apply, you have to prove you can get a hold of the money to buy the truck and to stock the truck. And then once you've accepted into that part, you have to be educated, have the financial ability, and then you go through a trial period where they give you a truck and send you out. Yeah. And he did not pass that part to get in. He ended up in the insurance business and did fine, I'm sure. But oh, yeah. yeah, that was a coveted position. It it was. And, you know, I I have and I I still see this guy on a regular basis out, you know, running his route, my old snap on dealer. And it was always, you know, I break something, no questions asked. You know, I get a new one. That was that's the thing with snap on reading through some of these other articles, find out that, you know, and, and you know, okay, the Snap-on guys, they own all those tools on their truck. Yes, they do. You know, it's not, okay, I gave away six wrenches. They go to the warehouse and grab six more wrenches. You know, no, they're, they're buying the tools and then selling them to you. So as far as me as a customer, the warranty is taken care of. You know, hey, it broke. I need a new one. I've got my new one. Now the dealer has to go through a whole warranty process with Snap-on. Oh, geez. That apparently over the years they have made more and more difficult to the point of there are people with, I have $170,000 of warranty stuff that I have not been paid for yet. Oh, wow. And that's going to get bit in the bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also had a lot of lawsuits of your basically making too much competition. You know, it used to be I had 60 stops for a week that were mine. You know, I was the only Snap-on dealer around. Now, all of a sudden, I'm seeing 20 stops a week because you have three or four new guys. Oh, smaller territories. So you're you're getting smaller territories. You're not making as much, so you're trying to push harder. And we know times are tough. You know, you don't always need... Working on cars, you don't always need to buy a new tool every week. Well, and even when times are good, you have more competition. One of them, I saw Cromwell Tools mentioned in there. Yes, and that is their biggest competition right now. That floors me. I thought it would be Mac. And, and we, you know, we watch a lot of car shows. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you see Cromwell Tools show up sponsoring um, Stacy David. They sponsor Stacy David. I mean, and, and he is very, very much in favor of them. And I'll tell you what, Stacy David, if you do any research on that guy, he is honest as the day is long. Um, yeah. You couldn't ask. When he backs something, I I have no problem taking his word for yeah. it. Yeah. He's not doing it because they're giving him the biggest check. It's, nope, I, I believe in these tools more than any other tools. So these are the ones I'm going to go with. Yeah. So I was shocked to see it wasn't Mac. It wasn't uh, Matco. It was Cromwell. That, that, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, so it's it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, and then I'll go back to my first story with you know changing the oil in, in Olson Brothers Shell in Milwaukee, Oregon, doing brake jobs, doing muffler work and stuff like that. Those shops are gone. Yeah. The, the corner garage, I mean, we still don't have a guy in Green Bay that I will take the trailblazer to, and I haven't found him yet. So it's yeah. it's still going to the dealer. I get I get hosed, but I get good work done. 
What can I say? Exactly. I'd rather find that $85 an hour guy that's not going to send me through his service rider and tell it like it is and isn't afraid to patch a yeah. tire and, you know, do what he's got to do. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I, just, I think, you know, and we've talked about this before, the trades are dying. People are not getting into auto mechanics. You know, the, the tech program here in town was always very, very popular. And now it's there. There's signs everywhere trying to get kids enrolled in this class but again it's okay you're you're going into school and granted yeah it's only two years but you're gonna have some student loans Not you're much. gonna have you're gonna have money invested into tools you know because you know the snap-on guys are there the matco guys are there the mac tool guys are there selling you what you need you know which even if you need a, a basic I know Snap-on has a, a basic, it's a small roll chest, outfit of tools, you know, everything you need to start. That's like eight grand. Yeah, and and you know, you, you know? can you can bootstrap uh okay, let's let's kill the myth that uh dumbass from New York said. <laughs> you can bootstrap your business and start with a cheaper cabinet, a used cabinet. Start yeah. there's there's ways to start you know, while we're at that, I'll get to the next shiny object when we're done with this. Um, <laughs> it, it just, I, I feel so good this week. Um, no, it's just sad to see. I think some of it too, shopping online. There's a lot more competition than the other tool truck. I think the tool truck has yeah, its is. place, but man, it's got to be a tough market. But yeah, Snap-on filing for bankruptcy. It's a sign of the times. Yeah. Before we jump into our stupid crook story... Um, I'm not going to cover the whole impeachment, the whole vote and all of that stuff. But I am going to say this as, as somebody who is I consider myself a libertarian, but I am very conservative. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I consider myself libertarian uh, for reasons I won't discuss here. But back a few years back, I caught a lot of flack from my Republican friends. Oh, well, you guys like you were part of the reason we got Barack Obama because you wouldn't vote for Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was a Eastern liberal carpetbagger. And you know what? He's still a Eastern liberal carpetbagger. And I feel so vindicated. He he showed his colors. So uh, enough of that. Let's he just move. moved to Utah. Yeah, he moved to Utah and, and ran his, I mean. Utah. The, Obamacare was designed after his plan in, uh, where was he? Was Massachusetts. Ma- Massachusetts. He was governor of uh, of Massachusetts. That's right. And yeah, so his uh, forced healthcare was what Obamacare pretty much copied. And all I can yeah. say is Mitt Romney did more for the New Hampshire economy than most because he drove so many jobs north out of Massachusetts. <laughs> I remember talking to people because I was running in that neck of the woods at the time before that election and they were all just laughing at jobs moving from one state to the other because of the, the tax base and the forced healthcare. Little businesses yeah. couldn't afford it. Stupid no. crook. I don't know. This guy... Okay. I don't think this guy is that stupid. This guy no. had a had a well executed plan, <laughs> and I'll bet he shaved and had a haircut by now. Probably. So his mo is: you get a job at a what like a maybe a gas station convenience store with a lot of inventory that you can flip real easily. Yeah. And then you steal how much of it did he steal? Seventeen thousand dollars worth. A little his, over seventeen thousand dollars on his first. He, he was. First night hired to be, hey, we need somebody on overnights. Not the funnest job in the world. And you might get robbed. Little did they know. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could get robbed. You could get shot. Whatever. Uh, first night comes in and proceeds to steal over $17,000 worth of cigarettes, lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> that, see, I don't understand the lottery tickets because... They can track those. Yeah, but you can sell them. So somebody else will get. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But what else? He stole stole something that really was in his favor to not get caught on his way out. This is how he goes from stupid to smart. Hey, you know what? My personnel file is sitting right here. I'm going to take this too. Now they don't know this guy's name. They don't have any of his personal information. They know nothing because he walked out the door with this. Walked out. I mean, they know what he looks like. They have him on camera. Oh, and when we asked the manager of the store on a phone call what his response was, he said, 
And I think it's funny too that the uh, the the store manager has an app on his phone, so he can yeah open up the app and pull up security cameras. So in the middle of the night, eh, let's see how the new guy's doing. Opens up the app, looks at the security cameras, and realizes this guy is not in the store anymore. <laughs> So he, in the middle of the night, has to drive to a store to find out, okay, A, the guy walked off the job, and he walked off the job with a bunch of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's just hilarious. Just hilarious. Be careful who you hire. Yes, and maybe you want to take that employee record home with you instead of leaving it with said employee. Yeah, keep it off premise. (laughs) In my days of, you know, back in the day in Oregon when you could get a job pumping gas, and that was before you had to go inside to pay for everything. Uh, You paid at the pump. We had no cash register that figured out change. We had a cash drawer. And the day I started there, the owner showed me how to change, and he said, if your till's more than a dollar off, it comes out of your paycheck. And I made about four bucks an hour. So, yeah, that money coming out of my paycheck could hurt. Yeah. And I had originally started dead serious. This was the Shell station in Burlington in Portland. Uh, Not Shell, Union 76 station in Burlington and across the street. uh, That one was either a Shell. No, that was a Chevron station across the street. And I was hired for night shift. So I show up at, at, uh, oh, like 9 p.m. my first night of night shift. And I'm going to work till 6 a.m. the next morning. The only night I worked, the only night. When I was working there, they opened at night. Somebody robbed the Chevron station across the street from where I was working and shot the clerk and killed him. Oh, jeez. And it's, I worked one night and he said, that's it. No more. We're closing at night. I don't make any money on it anyway. It's not worth the risk. And from then on, it was, uh, I think, 7 a.m. till um, 3 to 10. I I think 10 o'clock was as late. He closed down at 10 at night. But that wasn't an unsafe neighborhood Mm -hmm. in the day. But yeah, no. some, somebody just pulled in with a gun, took all the money, and shot the guy and left. Yeah, which in all reality, how much money did he probably really get? Yeah, there's just a couple not that hundred much. bucks. Yeah, because you dump everything into the till. I, I mean, into yeah. the safe. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy. But uh, yeah, that was shiny object number three. Speaking of cars, though, how about these new safe cars? With all of this great stuff, with what do they have? The adaptive cruise that prevents you from tailgating and anti-lane deviation features that yes. uh, keep you in your Dude, lane. Keep you in your lane. But, and, and it's not they notify you. It's they physically adjust the car to keep you in your lane. Uh, but they do have a little issue with these cars. It, it seems like uh, what well, I'm trying to find this one. Where where was this out of? Uh, this came from treehugger.com. <laughs> <laughs> Tree, and I landed on this one. Treehugger.com. In praise of dumb cars is the name of the article in treehugger.com. Survey finds drivers with a few smart features in their cars take a lot more risks. And it's it's a substantial percentage well, on well, some of those. As long as the car is steering and, and isn't going to rear end somebody, why the heck not? Yeah. Uh, what is it they've got uh, for cars with adaptive cruise control uh, with it? 62% of people admitted. Yeah. I frequently send and receive text messages, which means they're on Facebook and everything else. Well, that's the one that really surprised me is video chat on the cell phone. 39%. Wow. Compared to 19% of people who don't have that technology in their car. So that's more than doubled. Yeah. Uh, the same with the the lane assist. The people that have it on their car, 42% of them admit, yeah, I, I FaceTime all the time. While uh, I'm driving. Only 20% without the lane assist admitted to doing that. I'm sure everybody, I mean, we see it every day. Put the damn phones down. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't understand what can't wait i agree with you there i i will admit yeah i've i've looked down at my phone or been on my phone while i'm driving and i know i shouldn't i won't text while i'm driving i'm sure as hell not gonna oh yeah let's have a video call i got you know an hour to ride down the road you know there i have spent an hour talking with somebody while i'm out on the highway with a bluetooth on right but there's a big difference between that and 
FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, holding that phone in front of you. That's yeah. So I can see them. You don't need to be seeing them. So no. yeah, leave it to Tree Hugger to bring us that one. Hey, I did find uh, another shiny object. This is a. Uh, oh, I believe I'm not sure. I think Jeff sent this to me, and this was from Manshed, a Facebook page, and it looks like a plumbing contractor's truck of some kind. <laughs> it's a big flatbed with. Uh, you know, the steel flatbed toolboxes on either side, construction of some kind, a pintle hitch on the back, and on the little back, almost like a DOT bumper thing on the back, Yeah, is a rusty pipe wrench. I saw that. That was awesome. Isn't that hilarious? The guy welded yes. it onto the bumper, and it keeps people from tailgating him. Yeah. <laughs> Genius idea. We do. Which, yeah, if I got a little too close and I see that thing there, I'm probably going to back way off. Because it's, it's not a little wrench. You're talking a big, heavy metal yeah. pipe wrench. <laughs> this this thing literally could bounce off the ground and come up through your floorboard and hurt you where the sun don't shine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, You're going to back off. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a plumber's truck, and it looks like a large plumber's pipe wrench. We have a word of the day for podcasting app. This would be the first, what would we call this, the Trucking After Hours Lexicon? And this comes from <laughs> Wayne up in Canada. Cidiot, C-I-D-I-O-T. And there is a picture of a pickup truck with a, about a 28-foot RV sinking in the ice. Oh. So, the definition of a Cidiot, the person who dwells in a city but ventures into rural areas to perform acts of stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> and... And they wonder See why them I don't. all summer long. Oh my gosh, don't we? Though? Those blue and white plates coming over the river. <laughs> yes, or worse yet, the the ones from Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that is They're just hor- hilarious. Yeah, we have other words for the ones from Illinois. That is the reason I do not hunt. Is at least in Oregon, you never hunted on flat land. You hunted, you know, through the gullies and trenches, and you hunted in the in the mountainous areas. Right. And you never fired unless you have ground behind you. Yeah. Well, that's really not possible in Wisconsin for the most part, unless you're up in a tree stand. Sitting in a tree stand does nothing for me. I sit in a truck all week. I don't want to sit in a tree stand all weekend. Yeah. And it's cold. I don't want to sit. <laughs> yes, exactly. And quite honestly, after taking the last 300 miles of my week driving up Interstate 94 back to Bloomer, Wisconsin for so many years, Following on Friday, all of these people coming up from Illinois to hunt in the Northwoods, I am not yeah. going in the woods with those people armed. It is just not going to happen. No. Uh-uh. Did I answer this earlier? I had somebody ask, what about the new drug clearinghouse? He had actually failed a drug test. I think we talked about this five years earlier. And now really? at the clearinghouse, he's afraid this is going to come back and bite him in the butt five years later. You and I talked about it, but we I don't think we've talked about it here. I don't either, but I thought it was important no. enough. I reached out to, to a, a, a recruiter who had a great answer because I wanted to know what really happens here. Uh, here's the answer I received, and this is why I sent him back um, from a recruiter with several years of experience. The clearinghouse is only going to provide new results from 2-6-2020 forward. No previous date is going to be dumped into the system even though there were rumors that some trucking companies were going to submit old test results. Ethically, he should still be disclosing any previous positive results every time he applies to a new company. Most companies will hire somebody with a failed drug test after five years, as long as they've completed some kind of a substance abuse program. Okay. Or five years old, just don't mention it and see what goes on. Yeah. The choice is yours. In reference to the CA, this is from, who sent us, oh, darn it, uh, Scott. Scott's been around for, uh, let's see, Jesus Recrucker, Jesus Trucks and Coffee, the trucking podcast, now trucking after hours. Scott, we love you, brother. In reference to the C8 story, automotive engineers, you remember the three engineers that took the C8s out? Yes. Okay, and this is what he's talking about. Automotive engineers, uh, let's see, here we go have free reign to vehicles for research and testing. Growing up in Detroit area, it isn't uncommon to see pre-release vehicles driving around town with manufacturer plates. Engineers regularly take cars home and even on vacations or just cross-country drives for the sole purpose of finding design flaws and weak spots through attrition. I had a friend's brother 
who was an engineer for Borg Warner, assigned to take a brand new for a brand new pickup uh, up north off roading for the weekend for the sole purpose of trying to destroy the transfer case. I would love, <laughs> I would love that job. Yeah. And it'd be all right. Yes. By the way, trucking after hours at gmail.com. Cause I made it super simple. Uh, Facebook okay. is still facebook.com slash trucking podcast. Even though we changed the name, it is still that same URL. And you know what? Trucking podcast is here to stay. Someday those domains will just point to trucking after hours, but I own it right. and I'm keeping it. Um, own it. Yes. Here's our first email to trucking after hours at gmail.com. And this is from Andrew, who's been around a long time also. We talked about the Mahindra Jeep. Yes. Sweet looking thing. Yes. Hey, Buck, a word on Mahindra. I bought a new one in 08 because the Kubota guy pissed me off. Guess he <laughs> thought because I was young and dumb and would pay more. Long story short, I've got a 6,500 model, 65 horsepower, 4x4 with the loader. It was cheaper than a deer or a Kubota with all the same options. Okay, there we go. That tells me I am not editing from this point forward. So, when I hear that in the notes, I will realize what's going on. Now, where the hell was I before that alarm went off? Okay. So, we know it was uh, cheaper than the Deer and Kubota with the same options, better warranty, as well as being heavier for the horsepower. So, it's more stable and puts the power to better use when grading or plowing. I've used it for landscaping, bush hogging, for the public, and keeping up our family land for hunting purposes. They're dang tough. I'd love to have the one with Jeep lookalikes, but I don't have an extra fifteen grand or the use of a vehicle that I can't put a plate on. So uh, have yeah. a wonderful day, guys. Thank you, Andrew, and for all you contribute to the show. He's another one who has been around for quite some time, and yeah. we truly appreciate him. So there we go. Feedback for this week. And again, you guys know where to get a hold of us now. That's right. Truckingafterhours at gmail.com. All the old stuff still works. Send it there. That's fine, too. Just send it. Just send it. As Larry Enticer would say, still going to send it. How about the oddest place you'd ever think of to find a $100,000 used Camaro? And this thing even has some uh, chipped paint. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I when I first got the, the show notes and, you know, I'm looking at everything and I'm not opening the articles yet. And I'm going, we're going to talk about another one of these overpriced cars that, you know, you see on the, the speed network, they spend six weeks building this thing and, you know, showing you step by step how to do it, even though nobody could ever afford to actually do that. I'm like, I don't want to talk about a hundred thousand dollar Camaro that somebody built. And, you know, I see, okay, it's from Street Muscle Mag. We're yeah. not Street Muscle Mag. Come on. No, I'll open it up. Oh, okay. No, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, it, it really is. And this is, um, Joe Maggie, isn't he the guy who's on, uh, he does a Pond lot Stars? of, uh, work on Pond Stars. Yeah. Yes. He is, he's a very well known toy expert and toy collector. I, I'm not going to lie. Had I known I could have grown up and been a toy expert, <laughs> I would have kept a lot of the toys. I had a lot of toys as a kid that are frankly worth money now. <laughs> oh, man. And I grew up in the 60s and I was a car nut then that I probably thrown away a million dollars worth of Hot Wheels. Yeah. Where, you know, and I've, I've got, I have fun with them still. What do I, when, every time we go to, every time I drop my iPhone, <laughs> I guess that's it for show notes. Every time, uh, we go to Pick and Save. I'm digging through their 99 cent hot wheels. Yep, you got to see what you Pick find. Pick and Save, Walmart, any place he can say, find. It's not just a store. No. Well, Pick and Save is where I actually found a Copo Hot Wheels Camaro for 99 cents. A brand new one, still in the package. This is a Hot Wheels. It is not brand new. It is not still in the package, but it is a 67 Camaro that looks like some kid played with it a lot. With red lines, and it went for over a hundred grand, and he owns it. He does. It is. Uh, it is the only one known in existence. I and he he found it. And he, this, he owns it. And this was what a prototype that actually slipped into retail sales. They're supposed to be destroyed. So it's a unique color of white that was made to show the design flaws in the cars. It's just an interesting story to it. The rarest of unicorns, they called it. 
yeah, it's it's a enamel white paint that they would paint the prototype to look for, like you said, the you know little any any tiny imperfections that you know would ruin the the final official production of it. And I, I, I couldn't remember. I don't think he gave a name of who he got it from, but he was basically called in. Hey, I have this collection of Hot Wheels. Would you be interested in coming, taking a look at it, and making me an offer? And this this was in there. Wow. And what what a find. I'll tell you what I love is there's a picture in the from Street Muscle magazine. There's a picture of the white Camaro with and it looks like it's got the rally sport hood uh with the hood mock openings that open one to each side, which is kind of different. It's got a obviously a mock black vinyl top, and a lot of the black is worn off, so the white is showing. And then there's a picture of the underneath, and of course any exhaust system or suspension on these is just molded into the chrome bottom plate of the car the frame of the hot wheels car yeah but it's got those zoomy pipes those that just kills me yeah it's it's a sweet looking car it, it is but wow a hundred thousand bucks for a hot wheels and i i haven't had a chance to do it yet but i wanted to look up because uh they said this was the third rarest hot wheels what are the other two the uh first one is something called the beach bomb Wow. And the other one uh, they said is the Olds 442. Was that a- the only other Hot Wheel cars on the level with? They call it the white enamel Hong Kong Camaro. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm going to kind of tie this in a little bit because I I put on we have one of our topics is after hours, and the first article I wrote in after hours has to do with coffee. I will, I'm writing one now about camping and, and some other different things for after hours. And I put on, on the Facebook page, what do you guys think of when we say after hours? And I was kind of surprised at some of the answers I got. And it really made me, made me realize that, you know, maybe that's where we can serve the best is ideas, things to do. But I think of all of the antique shops and junk stores and crap that are within walking distance of a truck stop. Where, you know, there's where you find this thing in a bin for four bucks and nobody knows what they have. You have to stop at a million right. junk stores, but it's there. Yeah. Somebody's going to have this car and not know what he had. Somebody's oh, going to yeah. have, you know, there you go. There's some good after hours things. If you're somewhere where you can, you know, hey, hike across the street. There's an old building that's now, you know, one of these strip antique malls. Yeah. You find some good junk in those things. You just have to dig. Yeah. We have 600 tables of crap. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it might be worth money. I and I found myself doing that. We'll go to, you know, one of the the what is it, St. Vinny's here in town, you know, the thrift shop, just bumming around and all of a sudden pretty soon I'm digging for stuff. And eh, is this is this metal worth anything? Oh, ooh, I wonder what they got for toys. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, you know, that's you know, the it, it's here. it's a great place where yeah, you know, Uncle Billy died. We didn't really want to go through his house and sort stuff, so we, you know, shipped it all here. Oh yeah, it's just amazing what you find. What's going on 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 Facebook tonight? It's been real quiet tonight. We have a yeah. I, I see Zach made a comment there. Oh, he did. He's thanks us for doing this each week. He says always happy to see the podcast posted. Most weeks I can't watch the Facebook. Y'all are awesome. That's oh, very nice. <laughs> that warms my heart, brother. Thank you so much. Well, what? if you get one of them new smart cars, you can. <laughs> there you go. While you're driving. Yeah, you just yeah. pop open Facebook. It'll keep you in the lanes. You won't be tailgating. You'll be fine. Just mount the phone on your windshield right below the camera, and then they won't be able to see it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you jump into this week in beer, and then we will get to our really bad ad. And what did you learn? All right. So this week in beer, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of excited for this one. Um, not a, a beer product at all. Cold brew, cold coffee is kind of the, the newest fad in alcohol going on right now. I mean, every big brewing company is coming out with some kind of coffee flavored beer or just a alcoholic coffee drink in general. Uh, this is Jameson 
Jameson's Irish Whiskey. They are venturing into cold press whiskey. Wow. It's it's they're not changing anything. It's gonna be Jameson Irish Irish whiskey. We're just gonna frankly put some coffee in it. <laughs> hey, that's gotta and, work. I mean it's okay. Irish coffee. You know, it, they go together. It, oh, it's, yeah. I think it's a it's a smart idea on their part. Cold and in a can. Ooh. Yeah. Jameson in a can. Pour it over a little ice or just drink it straight like real men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is no, worth I, covering. I think that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, if PBR did it, Jameson might as well do it. Why the heck not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, they have to be creative in, in the, you know, the beer is going through the same thing Snap-on is. There's a whole lot more competition. Oh, there, there is. The only thing that I question is $37 a bottle. Yeah, jump change. Yeah, that's not horrible. I mean, I guess, I don't know what, I, I would assume Jameson is probably $25, $30 a bottle. So you can buy I guess that I don't in know your own sure. cold brew and mix them together. Yeah. 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 You just keep doing what you've been doing for years and <laughs> for, you know, for, pour your Jameson into your cup of coffee on your way to work in the morning. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that, yeah, for 50 bucks, you can get nine bottles of what they're selling you for 35. Just buy the exactly. bottle. Yeah. Well, the good thing is cold brew has a higher caffeine content. Yes, it does. Than regular coffee. Well, it uses yeah. twice as much coffee, too. So, yeah, it, it's it'll give you a buzz. Ready for the really bad ad? I love this ad. Okay. Yes. I think this is probably my favorite ad. You read we and can't I even will read it all. You you read and I will beep accordingly. Leave out the words. All right. So, um, <laughs> you want a car that gets the job done? You want a car that's hassle free? You want a car that literally no one will ever compliment you on? Well, look no further. The nineteen ninety nine. Toyota Corolla. Boring. Let's talk about features. Bluetooth. Nope. Sunroof. No. Fancy wheels. No. Rear view camera. Nope. But it's got a transparent rear window and you have a neck that can turn. Let me tell you a story. One day my Corolla started making a strange sound. I didn't give a and ignored it. It went away. The end. You could take the engine out of this car, drop it off the Golden Gate Bridge, fish it out of the water a thousand years later, put it in the trunk of the car, fill the gas tank up with Nutella, turn the key, and this puppy would play, you stupid thing. <laughs> Start right up. <laughs> this car will outlive you. It will outlive your children. Things this car is old enough to do. Vote? Yes. Consent to sex? Yes. Rent a car? It is a car. Uh, this car's got history. It's seen some people have done straight things in this car. People have done gay things in this car. It's not going to judge you like a Volkswagen would. Interesting facts. This car's exterior color is gray, but its interior color is gray. In the owner's manual, oil is listed as optional. Uh, when the car was unveiled at the 1998 Detroit Auto Show, it caused all 2000 attendees to spontaneously yawn. The resulting abrupt change in air pressure inside the building caused, caused a partial collapse of the roof. Four people died. The event is chronicled in the documentary, Bored to Death, the story of the 1999 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know more? Great. I had my car fill out a Facebook survey. Favorite food? Spaghetti. Favorite TV show? Alf. Favorite band? Tied between Bush and the Gin Blossoms. Uh, this car is as practical as a Roth IRA. It's as middle of the road as your grandpa during his last silver alert. It's as <laughs> ut utilitarian as a member of the church whose scripture is based entirely on water bills. When I ran the Carfax for this car, I got back a single piece of paper that said, it's a Corolla. It's fine. Let's face the facts. This car isn't going to win any beauty contests, but neither are you. Stop lying to yourself and stop lying to your wife. This isn't the car you want. It's the car you deserve. The 1999 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am willing to bet this guy got a lot of notifications, 
emails, phone calls regarding this oh. 1999 Toyota. I would imagine, but it was good enough for, uh, you know, it's a good way to get some notoriety within Craigslist. I, I will say that for it. Yeah. It yeah. Is. <laughs> well, now we come to that time of the evening before we say goodbye, where we ask that magic question we've missed for the last few weeks in the transition here. Don, the beer guy, what did you learn tonight? Well, I learned uh, starting in March, I'm going to be looking for a 37 bottle, $37 bottle of Jameson cold press. There you go. Sounds good. Castle Curator, what did you learn tonight? I'm going to start going through all your Hot Wheels <laughs> and pull out the ones with the red lines on the wheels, and we're going to check those things out. And a 99 Corolla is boring, nothing like the Corolla I owned. You know that Corolla you owned, and it was either a 78 or a 79. I think it was 79. Little SR5 fastback, kind of a purple color. I don't know if you remember that car. It's burgundy. Burgundy. Don't. It wasn't too far off from Plum Crazy, a little more burgundy. And we used it to pull the tent trailer a couple of times. The tranny gave us some problems, so I took it out and bought some new bearings and synchros, put it all back together, and it ran fine, put a clutch in it, and we... We had good service out of that car, and it was actually pretty cool looking, and we would love to have another one. <laughs> it had eight-track tape. What more could you – Yeah, I mean, eight-track tape player. Eight-track tape what's, player, and you know, that? if yeah. you got warm, you could just roll down the windows and cool off. Yeah. Five-speed. still confused with this eight-track tape. You could put eight tapes in it. It was like a CD changer. Sure. Let's, <laughs> let's run with that. Well, something changed. Like I, I was thinking on my one Chicago's – uh, tape I'd put in and it, it starts when it would switch you get halfway through a song and then all of a sudden it's this pause while it switches <laughs> oh man yeah oh yeah right in the middle of the song and then it would fade out click click fade in yeah, yeah. that was great so what'd you learn tonight you know I learned when we go well, maybe not so much as, as the grocery store which is where I find the bulk of these fun little cars that surround me and I have favorites um I've got to pay a little more attention when we go to the rummage and garage sales and places where people may not realize what they have, red line or no red line. Uh, Some of that old stuff is a lot of fun. Yeah. It is. You never know what you're going to find at a garage sale. You got that right. And, you know, you got your smartphone in your hand. You can see what it's going for on eBay or anywhere like that. Yes. I I have noticed uh, with the last update on my Android phone, I'm getting more notifications when I take a picture of not not a person, but if I take a picture of an object, every now and then I'll get a pop-up. Google is working on a program that you can take a picture of something and it will start pulling up web pages on it. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're not on whatever whatever that is. And it's like, you know that. That would be really, really convenient for stuff like that. God, you know, I wonder if this car is worth anything. Let me take a picture of it and see what Google says. Yeah, exactly. And they can scan the image and, and uh, what they, they call that a reverse search. Yeah. Yeah. And, and see what it shows. Yeah. They've come a long way. Guys, we are closing out the show and I'll do this in editing. Uh, the music I found that we're using for the intro for now is from joshwoodward.com. And uh, thank you to Josh Woodward for uh, creating an avenue for us to use that music royalty free. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. And the name of that song is Coffee. And I will play the piece of it about the last minute and a half of it in the closing of the show. And I'll do that in editing. So you all drive safe, shiny side up. Uh, Zach and Ross and uh, a few others who jumped in. We are glad to have whoever tuned us in and watched. We're just grateful to be here. And I'm always vindicated when I go look at some of the other shows that go live on Facebook and they have five times the audience and six people catching them on Facebook live. Yeah. Just, just, you know, it's just the way it is, but that's okay. We're doing it's it. All right. The we, whole, we do it. We have fun. That's all that matters. The whole goal of this was to free up time to do more productive things on the website and that has been accomplished and uh, those of you who made the change thank you so much it means the world to us quit lying he wanted to go golfing more (laughs) (laughs) yeah have you seen him golf the only golfing we do involves a clown with a big mouth yes the only sport i have ever seen my dad do was the time he was playing what softball and swam to first base (laughs) yes (laughs) 
hit the ball one, two steps, fall down, and just struggle in the dirt to get there. There you go. Well, I thought you'd just slide the whole way. I didn't realize you had to run and dive into it. Oh, my gosh. That was that was Dr. Hausman's baseball game, right? Yep. Yes. You know, the funny thing about that is I was probably 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was over 220, I know, probably closer yeah. to 230, and I'm 180 now. <laughs> Give you props. You weigh less than I do. <laughs> oh man, and and I'm pissed at myself. I absolutely for got to my do winter it. weight on. <laughs> Diabetes does what it does. You know, and one other big thank you I want to throw out before we go, Harold. Thank you so much for uh, filling in for Don last week. We had fun, yes. and uh, he's a great co-host in a pinch, and uh, has a yes. great podcast over at uh, Small Town Homestead. You can find his podcast. He's got some good work. You guys enjoy it. With that, we will talk to you all next week. Drive safe. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless and shiny side up. I'm sitting there at work and I realized I forgot to wake up. I can't be productive when I'm dreaming about a sheep. I go upstairs and get myself another cup of coffee. I get downstairs and then I spill it on the floor. Well, my life is grounded in a firm routine of coffee, sleep, and work. I am not boring, I just stick to what I know. Sleep and work, I am not boring